What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Monster Bass Live. Uh, I'm really excited to be here. Uh, we got a great show for you today. Our guest today is Matt Airy. Uh, he's been on the show about a year ago, and uh, we're really excited to have him back. Uh, we are going to have a fun-filled five minutes, and let me explain why. Uh, I sold all the furniture in my house, so it looks kind of like someone stole. Someone broke in, stole everything. Like, my end table by my bed is a box. It's true. And uh, so Restoration Hardware just showed up, and they started to uh, bring everything in, and then they realized they can't get it to fit. So I got to go quickly and deal with this really quickly. <laughs> so I apologize. So here's what we're going to do. Jared's going to talk for a couple minutes. He's going to do an intro. He's never done this before. And I'm going to come right back. I just got to go sign the forms and tell them that they're taking it back. And, uh, and then we're going to get in. We're going to talk about Lunker Hunt. We're going to talk about the takeover. And uh, we're going to get some fishing tips from uh, someone that's a lot better at fishing than I am. And uh, I just happen to have the Lunker, hits, lun the Lunker Hunt stuff here right now. So, Jared, you ready to talk? Yeah, Jared, sit down right now. Yeah. I am sitting down. I got to go sign the forms. Folks, I'll be right back. Jared, I can't. Yeah. Hold on. I'll be right back, guys. I'm bringing, Jared. I'm bringing the guest up. Go ahead. All right. Introduce the guest. All right. All right. I'm not going to waste any time. I'm going to bring on the, I'm going to bring on, uh, we're going to open the phone lines. I have to go sign the forms that are sitting in my driveway, Jared. All right, let's, uh, this is so crazy. Uh, um, all right, didn't plan to do it this way, but let's, uh, let's cut right to the chase and let's bring in our guest today. He is, uh, he's been fishing a lot. Oh, there we go. How you doing, Matt? Good, Rick. Good to see you again, brother. Good to see you too. I apologize for the uh, first couple minutes of this show and the way it's going to go down. Um, Jared's going to come on here and talk a little bit with you about fishing. I have to go sign these forms because restoration hardware is sitting in my driveway and they're taking away the furniture as we speak. Cause it won't fit. And, uh, we can talk fishing. All right. So what's that? All right. He's getting the phone lines ready. So, so, uh, so how you been? Good. Uh, it's that time of year getting busy getting cranked up for the season so uh actually leaving it's show season also leaving in the morning to go work a show up in virginia then i'm next weekend i've got a show in spindale north carolina so yeah rock and we're ready to go right on where uh where's the season kick off okeechobee we got back to backs we got okeechobee first and then lake seminole right behind it right on and so and 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 does okeechobee does that feel like uh uh, does that feel like a welcome start to the season or is that, or, or historically have you not had a lot of success there? Uh, Okeechobee honestly has been probably a, <laughs> my nemesis for my entire career. So really? In quite a few years. It's a different lake every time we go there though, just based on hurricane impacts and water levels and things like that. And it's, it's in a pretty, it's in a pretty, uh, uh, fickle situation right now with the hot water and what's going on down there. So right on what, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask our, our audience to do me a favor. Uh, T Rex or or Brand or Brendan, if either one of you are on the on the on here, would you please call in? 
I would like you to uh, take over for two minutes so I can sign these forms and uh, have, a, have a conversation with Matt so that we're not wasting his time and I'm not wasting yours. I'll be right there. Can you just tell her I'll be right there? Because I can't believe this. Literally, I... I it looks like I. It looks like my house. Okay, it looks like uh, it looks like someone's you know came into my house under the cover of darkness and stuck up, stuck, uh, took all the furniture because um, I made this decision at the start of the year to like fresh clean slate everything in my house and every single room is going, and uh, and then they're painting everything from top to bottom, and uh, the first shipment came and uh, it doesn't fit. Oh yeah. So, um, okay. So Okeechobee's been your nemesis. What uh, each and every year it seems to be, you know, one of the starting points is, you know, obviously down in Florida. Why do you think Okeechobee gives you so much, uh, so, such a struggle? You know, honestly, uh, I, it's been several years since I've been to Okeechobee since I joined the elites in 2019. Our Florida swing has included. The St. John's River, which is a tidal river, it's not anywhere close to something like uh, Okeechobee. But um, Okeechobee being the giant bowl of water that it is, and uh, <laughs> it, it's just uh, it's so vast. And, you know, the fish, you know, I think I can't remember what pro said it one time, but it's like we, you know, we we fish for 10 percent of what lives in that lake and only 5 percent of the lake. Got so, it. Or most of the fish live in 10% of the lake, but the ones that don't live there are uncatchable. You know, the ones out there in the main the main body. But the lake, because fish spawn, that's South Central Florida. They, they, you know, they, they don't spawn for a month like they do around the house here. Mm. They spawn for a couple months. And that that's really where I've always had a, a tough time dialing in a pattern. I like to pattern fish. I don't like to sit in a, in a group of boats and fish. And that's usually how those tournaments play out at Okeechobee. Um I like doing my own thing and getting away from crowds. It's always really hard to do at Okeechobee. Yeah, um, totally. You know, it, it's frustrating. It, it's frustrating because you, you find a group of fish. You don't know how many's done, how many's coming, how many's gone because the spawn's so spread out down there. The best case scenario for a lake like Okeechobee is we have a week of really cold weather leading up to the tournament and then a warm front. Um, consistently warm weather down there throughout the winter months. To me, it really spreads the spawn out. It makes it makes it really hard to read the stage that the fish are in and how many that are in that specific stage so it's hard to predict and i always like to stay ahead of the fish and it just doesn't seem very predictable to me when i've been there in the past mm. what uh what kind of bag do you think it's going to take to uh to win this well it's okeechobee in february it's going to take a big weight um i don't see i don't see it being 100 pounds like you know some of the guys are talking i'm, I'm a realist I, the, the lake's going to fish so small um four days i mean i i, I could see 80 pounds yeah. you know 20 pounds a day being yeah being right unless somebody stumbles across a big old group of giant spawners and catches 35 38 pounds one day maybe they could scare 100 pounds but uh, that's going to be perfect scenario type stuff right on right on um if you don't mind <clears throat> i'd like to bring on a caller He's going to ask a few questions. I'm going to run and go sign these forms, and I'll be right back. Do you mind? Oh, no worries. All right. Hold on. Let's uh, let's bring on our first guest. Uh, Hello, Rick. Matt, how are you guys doing? Hey, T-Rex. How are you? I'll be right back, T-Rex. I'm doing right? good. 
All right, buddy. Go go sign go sign your paperwork, and we'll be here waiting for you. All right, thank you. So, I have I do have a little bit of lag, Matt, um, between my computer and my phone. My phone's actually on time. My computer's off a little bit. Um, yeah, I remember last time you were on. Uh, I do have some questions for you, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm trying to step up my game a little bit. So I'm not going to fish the local tournaments where you really don't get nothing out of it. I'm uh, joining one bass and I'm going to fish the four opens this year in Arizona, Laughlin, California, and then the U S open. Um, I'm going to be doing it as a triple a, you know, in the back of the boat. Uh, you have any, tips that you can give me to help me out well sure i mean i started my career back in 2005 on the flw tour as a co-angler and it's it's good because you're doing the right thing to try to step up your game you're going to get to see different bodies of water in different stages and you're going to get fish with a lot of different pros too it sounds like so that's that's number one but number two is um you know versatility and not just chasing what your pro's doing i don't care how good he's catching them you know you're not fishing for the fish he's fishing for you're trying to fish for the fish that he's not fishing for um that led to more success for me from the back of the boat as a co-angler um you know a, a perfect example in 2006 i was fishing the flw tour the forest wood cup then um which has changed names 62 times since then i think but <laughs> it uh I was fishing with a, a guy who was targeting deep brush piles. Of course, he knows the boat in, fire at the brush pile. He was fishing the shaky head. And um, I was targeting fish, you know, that were out suspended away from the brush pile with a little small swim bait and uh, ended up winning the Forest Wood Cup as a co-anger. This was back in 06, long, long time ago. <laughs> but, um, you know, things like that, though, like target, like if your guy's going down the bank and he's, he's fishing shallow wood, you know, you're fishing everything in between the shallow wood. You know, you're fishing for those individual fish that, that he's not necessarily targeting. Now, you can't expect to get near as many bites as he is, um, but at the same time, uh, you know, if he's a good stick and he's fishing his deal thoroughly and he's on a pattern, then, then he's going to mop up pretty much every aggressive bass that's near him. So uh, you need to look to figure out a different way to catch him than he's – than he's fishing and, and look, look for, di look for fish in different spots and than he's targeting. All right. That makes sense. Um, yeah, this is going to be something new for me and I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited. So I've already booked my vacations, uh, for the whole year. So there's four different events and, uh, they only fish during the week. So that's going to be, you know, I'm used to fishing on the weekends. It'd be nice not having all those, uh, recreational boaters out there and and like you said it's going to be nice to see you know different places like lake havasu lake mojave uh i've been to clear lake before so i'm actually pretty excited um had that song talk with rafi about it the other day so we'll uh we'll see what happens and i thank you for uh the tips there i really appreciate it i see rick's back and i don't want to i'll get the show so welcome back rick thank you Thank you. Thank you. You did great. Is it your show now? No, 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 no. It'll never be my show. I'm not that cool. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. So what would I, what I miss? Oh, no, I was just asking about, you know, uh, I don't know if Rafi told you, but 
I'm not going to fish the local tournaments around here. I'm going to the one bass and fishing the four opens, uh, where three days of, uh, during the week, I'll be paired up with a different pro. Oh. And okay. yeah, I'm excited. It's, it's a lot more money, but, uh, I just want to step up my game and, and see what I can do. All right. All right. Good stuff. Uh, I already have a question for Matt. Matt, what, so what does it take? Like, take us through your, uh, your, your pre-tournament, uh, you know, prep. Like, Oh, (laughs) it's, uh, you know, I've been in the shop, I guess down in my shop for, I don't know, four to six hours a day for the last, well, I went fishing today all day just to, well, I've got, I've got my new boat this year. I've been breaking in my engine. So part of that, you know, I mean, I can everything from trailer lights to live well pumps, to bilge pumps, to graphs, electronics, making sure everything's dialed in, everything's tight. Um, trolling motor, you know, efficiency of everything on the boat. Cause you know, those are our tools when mm-hmm. we're, uh, when tournaments and everything has to be uh, dialed in perfectly before I leave. So at least I feel better that way when it is, um, from tackle prep. I mean, you know, we go from Florida to Seminole. So this turnaround is not our Okeechobee to Seminole. It's not too terribly, um, teetotal opposite as some of our turnarounds are like mm-hmm. one year we started and we went from there to Lake Lanier, which is a deep herring lake, clear water, spotted bass, things like that. Going from Florida to there, it's a little bit more complicated from the turnaround time as far as tackle preps concerned. But um, a lot of the stuff will, will overlap with Seminoles. So I've started rigging rods, reels, um, bait selections, charts. You know, I reorganized my tackle this year, this time of year too. Um, just making sure that I'm as efficient as I can once I hit the road um, and I don't waste time on, on things I, I, you know, I can I can get prepared now. Right on. And, and, and when you're fishing, uh, a new body of water, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing at this point, any stop on the elite tour, you fished all the fishery. So it's not like you're, you're hitting somewhere new, right? Uh, for the most part. Yeah. This year we go back to the Sabine river, um, which is only my second trip there. Uh, lay Lake will be a new venue for me this year. I've never been to lay. Uh, and I'm always really, really excited um, man, I'm like a kid on Christmas morning when I get to go to a body of water that I've never been to. Cause I've been doing this for 14 years full time now. And, and it, it, like you said, Rick, we, we have a lot of, uh, reoccurring, um, locations each and every season on the elites. And even when I fished FLW and that's due to, you know, the obvious reasons, the sponsor dollars and things like that, yeah. the host city pay to get us there. But, um, and I understand that's a tough, that's a tough task, uh, for, for these guys to find the cities and the right venues and the right locations to host us. But, um, you know, we, we do go to, uh, we go back to Lake Murray in South Carolina this year, which mm-hmm. is only a couple of house, but I have not fished a, a tour level event there in shoot seven, eight years. So I'm excited to go back there. So, uh, for the most part, I've been to quite a few of them over the last three or four years on the elites, but a couple, couple new ones in the mix this year. I'm really excited about. What's your least favorite spot on tour? Oh, you know, everybody on tour, if you ask them that question, would probably say Sabine River because they're, the bass are so small and, you know, it's just, it's hot when we go and yada, yada. But I really like those tough tournaments. Um, but from just a fishing standpoint, I would have to say Sabine River, like just from a fishing standpoint, because yeah. it's super, fish are really small. You know, you catch a limit eight or nine pounds a day there and you do really well in the tournament. You know, that's kind of sad, really. But, um, Okeechobee would probably be my least favorite due to the fact that I'm, I'm, I know I'm going to be fishing in a crowd. I'm, I mean, 
it's inevitable down there pretty much every time I've been there. So, mm. um, looking at other boats around me when I'm fishing, I just can't stand it. So, sure, sure. How close is too close? <clears throat> like, like, well, like, I, I pull up and I'm 20 feet from your boat. You pull up 20 feet from my boat? Yeah. You don't fish? Okay. Yeah. That's too close. Okay. Yeah. We're, I have a little come to Jesus meeting if that happens. What what's the uh, what's the unwritten rule in terms of how close is too close? Like how close well, can I get before you're like, come on, bro? Like what are you doing? Well, here's the thing. Like this is where the worst thing you can do is do that without saying a word. You know, it's all about communication on the water, and and that that on the water, um, you know, we've talked about this on our podcast with Let's Talk Fish about courtesy on the water and how. You know, it's it's a little bit scary because, and I'm not I'm not saying all the younger generations like this at all. There's some older sure. generation same way, uh, but you have to you have to communicate. You know, I fished I fished 20 foot from guys before, and we've been fine. But we worked together. We didn't ruin the spot. We didn't trash it. We weren't stupid about our approach. You know, we were very calculated things like that. Um, but you know, you you probably see more confrontations, heated confrontations, in, in local team tournaments than you do on tour i mean 99 percent of the time i mean that's that's where i've seen more more heated debates and there's been a few on tour of course but um usually those things are are worked out between the pros and and for the most part everybody's pretty good um but it's all about communicating i mean you gotta sure hey t-rex yeah you ever seen you ever seen a throwdown at one of your local tournaments <laughs> Uh, pretty close. They, they, you know, like you're saying they had a guy that was new and he went rolling right up on somebody like 10 foot from his boat. And next thing you know, they were bumping boats and almost swinging at each other. Yeah. So they were like, Hey, you know, you can't do that. He's like, I'm gonna do what I want. I paid the fish. <laughs> so yeah, he got a little attitude adjustment and they asked him not to come back too. So. Sure. Sure. What, uh, so T-Rex, what, uh, did you have questions for Matt or did you already go through them? Oh, I already hit Matt with some questions while you were gone. Oh, did I miss any good ones? <laughs> you didn't ask. No, me. I was just asking, you know, what, what I, what I should expect and some tips, uh, for me fishing the, uh, one bass opens and, mm. I'm just, I'm trying to get ready because the first one's in February, so okay. I've got all my monster bass rods all set up and ready to go, and my monster bass tackle box set up, ready to go. Right on. Right on. Well, then if you don't have questions, so, I yeah, the first tur- The first tournament uh, in Arizona at Lake Havasu. I'm excited because I've never been to Lake Havasu. So what kind of what kind of questions you got? All right, I'm glad you asked. So, uh, all right, so what what do you so so first tournament of the year is Okeechobee. What are we going to be throwing? Oh man, I've got. I, I mean, I could go through my whole lineup. I've got rigged up in the shop right now. I mean, lipless crank bladed jigs, um, five inch lunker sticks. I've got them actually rigged three different ways in the boat right now. Um, How you got them rigged? You know, What's that? How do you got them rigged? Oh, I've got one uh, weedless wacky rigged. I've got one Texas rigged. And I've actually got one for a little bitty light Carolina rig. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, That's one rig. of the 
I'll tell you something else I've got tied on that I'm looking forward to throwing, especially over Hydrilla and things like that, is the new glitch blade, the new uh, Lunker Hunt glitch blade. It's it's a, a new deal we launched at ICAST last year, and it's a hybrid crankbait. Um, you know, the back half of it's basically like a blade bait. The front half's more like a square bill. Mm-hmm. We've got one that's a solid gold color, um, mm. and I got that one tied on for Florida too. So, so did were you uh, did you help uh, design that bait? I cannot take credit for that that bait. No. So let's see. I'm gonna pull that up. Uh, and I, I did catch quite a few. Last time I was there was several years back. We've got a swim jig. Um, Lunker Hunt's got a really, really nice swim jig. It's it's a wire tied skirt. It's got a great hook in it. It's a three eighths ounce. Um, but we got a color called Spawner. Um, it's kind of a brim color pattern. Got a little pumpkin and stuff in it. And I caught him really good on that with a little boot tail swim bait on it last time I was down there, which was quite a few years ago. But swim jig always plays down there. So the glitch bait, huh? Have you seen that one? I, I I've seen it. I haven't I haven't held one in my hand, but it's so it's basically the front half's a, ABS plastic. Is it is it uh, is it hinged? Yes. Okay. So the blade, correct. So when it actually swims, the the knocking sound that the blade makes when it hits against the front half of the body is very very unique and that's what i'm kind of excited about it's not like a you know your typical square bill rattling square bill or anything like that so it's got a very unique sound let's talk about the swim can we talk about the swim bentos for a little bit like absolutely these have been around for such a long time but there's they're 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 like to me they're it's my favorite lunker hump bait um when are you throwing these things you know, actually, I, I've actually used the swim bentos a lot as trailers on my swim jigs. And, the, and one of the great things about it is the 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 mylar, the fabric that's actually inside. You see the, the yeah. you know, the material that's inside those baits is actually a mylar fabric. Mm-hmm. So the cool thing about that is when you thread that on the back of a swim jig or a spinner bait or even a jig head just to fish it as a single swim bait, um, that mylar holds that bait securely on that that jig or jig head or whatever you're putting it on. Um, but fabric, it's super, super, super tough. And you can catch a lot without having to re-rig it or replace it. You're going to pull the fabric out, huh? I am. Yeah. Been there, been there, done that a bunch. <laughs> Might as well. Let's see this. Yeah, there we go. And you can't, you can't hardly pull that stuff apart. You know, it's not like a plastic, soft plastic or no, something. No. Or a, you know, yeah, you're not pulling this apart. No chance. Yep. So you just make sure you can see it. It's pretty translucent when you yep. look through the bait, thread it up on the back of that jig head or swim jig or whatever. As long as your hook goes through part of that fabric and comes out, you're good to go. Mm. Yeah, this is... Uh... Anyway. All right. What... Um... Some pretty tough material. Yeah, it is. So, so, which one do I want to throw? Let's go through. What modifications do you, when, when you get a, when, when you're throwing, you know, a lunker hunt bait, anything, I don't know, the, the impact reactor series lipless. Do you modify those at all? Um, hook like, changes, about it. Yeah. Hook changes. You just like, just you like a little bigger hook? 
if I can get away with it, absolutely. Yep. And and I'm mostly a, a Gamagatsu guy for the most part. Um, I have started to experiment with some other hooks over the past few years. But, you know, the thing about fishing a lipless, your rod and reel setup is everything. If you're fishing it in grass, that's a whole different type setup than fishing it, you know, in open water on flat points and things like that. So, um, you know, you got to have a, a, a rod that, you know, can do the work for you in the grass, can snap it free, things like that. But then in open water, I like one that's a little bit more parabolic where the, the fish can load up on it a little bit easier and get hooked better. What, uh, who's your rod sponsor? Uh, Lose. I like Lose. I like Lose. They, uh, oh, yeah, we got a bunch of them right there. <laughs> um, all right, there was a number of uh, of of lunker hump baits, of lunker hump baits in uh, in the box this month because as you know they they took it over and you know lunker hunt's known for some some innovative designs that that people haven't seen before, um, obviously so you can throw a different profile at uh, at the fish. Is there ever a time, is there ever a time like, you know, Savage Gear had a duck a long time ago. <laughs> you, you, you'd never see someone throw that on tour. <clears throat> no, I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'll let okay. you finish your question. So would we ever see like the, the, I don't know, the battle beetle on tour? You know, there's such small windows when baits like that really, really shine yeah. that you absolutely have. I mean, it's like the big rats, and stuff, right? right? Like those things, they do catch bass and they get, they get really, really big bites, but there's a lot of variables that go into the windows of when those baits work. And I'm not going to say never, but it's just not super likely. Right. Not, right. not, not a, not a tour level tournament you know if i could pick and choose exactly where i go and when i go there sure you'd see it work sure sure what uh t-rex yeah you still there what uh yeah what's the uh what's the craziest bait you've ever thrown in one of the local tournaments um i i actually uh, we had a lot of moss on top of the water at Lake Kauai, and I actually threw the uh, Lunker Hunt spider. Uh, was walking across the moss, caught three or four small bass. They weren't big enough to weigh in. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the craziest one I've thrown. I did take the battle beetle out the other day to the California aqueduct because I wanted to see how it reacted in the water. And I had a couple small bass just spotting it like hey what the heck's that but uh yeah it works pretty well pretty well in the water so um i don't know if i would use it in the one bath um but for recreational fishing yeah sure in some of the local rivers around here where there's like a lot of overhanging moss and overhanging weeds and trees and throwing it up underneath there stuff like that i would throw something like that now, I did with the spider last year. I pulled out, uh, if I think about it, I'll send you a picture. I, I pulled out probably about a two-and-a-half-pound frog. Wow. 
All right, good for you. All right, we're gonna take a quick. Yeah. We're gonna take a quick uh, a break. It's golden ticket time. So uh, for everybody at home, if you uh, if you got your golden tickets handy, you know the you know the routine. Your box comes with an individually numbered golden ticket. If I call your number out, email me at marketing at monsterbass.com. And uh, if you win today, we will uh, we will. Uh, well, my garage is actually pretty clean now, so I've got another box over there. I'll uh, I'll send you I'll send you a prize pack full of baits. I'll send you a lot of Lunker Hunt baits because, as you know, this month is Lunker Hunt uh, takeover. And so, before I do that, I do want to let everyone at home know that uh, Lunker Hunt's got a promo code this month. It's MBLH20. You get twenty percent off your purchase at lunkerhunt.com. So make sure you use that. Again, the code is MBLH20 for 20% off. All right. Uh, the first few numbers are 108.36, And uh, I want to congratulate Mr. Rick Klun. He's got the silver ticket and uh, he's already a winner. So, uh, once again, uh, I'm going to have to uh, have a conversation with Rafi. He is still not booked, Mr. Clun, to be on the show. Uh, he's, not, he's in the chat what? every week. Yeah, he's in the chat every week. He's always got good tips for us. In fact, he uh, helped me name one of the new baits, and yet he, uh, Rafi has not booked him on the show. Can you believe that? Might have, have to have talk with Rafi. Yeah, well, listen, we let him go. We, he, he, le he left the company once. Nothing says we can't do it again. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to do that. Um, all right. Uh, T-Rex, I don't want to keep you all night long. Do you, do you, do you have anything else for, for Matt? Right. Or should I let you roll? Uh, just, just one quick question, mm. just because I, I really don't know, and he would know. Um, as a back-of-the-boat guy, what's an acceptable amount of rods to bring? Um, you know, I'd say it, it's tough, right? In certain situations when, when you, as long as your boater's willing to spill a few beans, you know, the night before, it's always a good idea to ask him a couple questions, whether it's clear water, dirty water, you know, shallow deep, things like that. But I'd, I'd say you could get away easily with six to seven rods. Um, 10, 12 gets a little crowded, you know, but six, seven, eight tops, you know, I'd, I'd say try to keep it under eight. That's a really good question to you. All right. That leads yeah, to, that, that, that leads I had, to I had six set up and I was thinking that might, well, I was thinking that six was too much, but that's why I have set up already. So, but I know they're having, like you, you register them the first day, the second day you get to go uh, have a big meeting with all the pros. And that's when they pick your first pro to fish with and you're supposed to meet up with them and, so I figured that would probably be a question, but it's good to, to have a little insight before you go. So, yeah, and I would, I would, I would make sure to ask him, you know, you know, kind of, kind of how it's setting up, how it's looking as far as water conditions. You know, you don't need to know exactly the way he's fishing. He may not want to tell you, but at the same time, um, unless the guy's a turd, I hate to say it any other way, he should, he should at least 
give you some good insight on the uh, as to what to expect. And and I think six or seven rods, you should be able to get away with that pretty easily as long as he, um, you know, guides you a little bit. All right. Now, well, I thank you for your time and thank you for answering my questions. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, T Rex. Well, no, I, I know you wanted to get to the next caller, so I was just saying thank you for answering my questions, and I really appreciate it. And uh, just, you know, I always appreciate any kind of insight I can get to help me out. Good luck to you this year. Yeah, T-Rex. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for, yeah. Thanks for jumping on uh, when we first started. And uh, – Text me. Let me know what you thought about uh, the American Badass showing up on Monday night. So, I'll talk to you later. Uh, oh, you don't even want to know. I was jumping up and down. I'm sure you but were. Yeah. Okay. All right, man. Guys, have a great one. Thanks right. again. Right. Bye. All right. That's T-Rex. I, I didn't drop it. All right. So, let me ask you another question. Now, T-Rex got me thinking when he asked you that question about, uh, you know, the back of the boat. Let's say I'm in the back of the boat and I land a 10 pounder. You know, I land some big fish. Can I, can I act like I would if I was by myself and landed a 10 pounder? Sure. Absolutely. That's not going to, that's not going to bother you, got, you. I mean, look, if I left a 10 pounder behind me, it's my fault. That's the way I look at it. All right. Yeah. What, um, what do you think of MLF's decision to uh, to go back to the best five? Well, I think, you know, trying to change the sport, like, you know, their, their, their ultimate goal just, just didn't – it didn't sit very well with me. For, and here's why. So you have they, – they bought FLW, yeah. right? So they've got every qualifying circuit um, – to lead up to the BPT. It's almost like going to uh, play professional tennis, but the AAA level is ping pong, right? Uh-huh. So when you have five fish format, it is, it is a, and until now they, they did change the minimum weight, I think last year to where they went to like two, where they had a minimum weight, you know, before it was like one pound across the board everywhere they went, which is uh-huh. kind of silly yeah. in my opinion. Um, but when they went up to a minimum, it, it changed things a little bit for the better, I think. But at the same time, when, when you're when you're fishing your entire life that revolves around a five fish limit, might be seven fish, might be three fish, but it's still the best five, right? Typically. Yeah. So that's a different you can approach that type of tournament a little bit different than you can when you know you gotta go out there and catch seventy bass that weigh eighty pounds. You know what I'm saying? Right. So for sure. Uh, if you're prepping to fish at the top level in your respective league or tour or whatever it is, or your sport, um, you need to be training the same way from start to finish. Um, and that's, that's just that, that, you know, that's the issue I have with it. That, and I don't feel like, you know, the score tracker deal and all that stuff, you know, my, my problem with that is like knowing what other guys have. I feel like you see a professional angler at his best when he has an open mind and he's able to make decisions based on what he's seeing what's happening the conditions when you clutter his head you know with 65 other anglers that have x amount of bass and x amount of pounds uh you could argue the point also that 
you know, you got to have a strong mentality to get through that and work through that mm-hmm. and under that. But at the same time, uh, fishing is not like a team sport. It's not like football where you know the score all the time. You know, like we grew up never knowing the score. We right. fished tournaments all our life never knowing the score. Um, so there again, it goes back to the, the way that we've understood our sport for as long as I've been alive. Uh, and, and now you try to kind of change it. And I just don't. Um, I don't think that's a good idea unless the entire world, the entire sport or the entire industry changed with it. And that just wasn't going to happen. Yeah, I feel like it would change. I feel like uh, as an angler, I'd be in my head a lot more than I want to be. Because, as, you know, if I know that, like, I'm down by whatever. Yeah. <laughs> four pounds. You know, I'm going to change what I'm throwing. I'm going to I'm going to go, you know, I might I might want to go big when I normally I would have I would have been throwing something totally different and. I feel like it would just be a, a super stressful. I mean, it's already stressful enough because it's a competition, but then to add the fact that I know where I stand and what I, I think it would just totally, it would it would take some of the enjoyment out of it because I'd be constantly analyzing numbers. Well, yeah, and your confidence, right? Your confidence yeah. change. You make a decision one hundred percent based on your own. <laughs> mentality and your own mindset and the own con- in current conditions and you go catch one it makes you feel like a hero right yeah. but if you see um so and so angler has 102 pounds and you hear that on the score tracker and you see him over there fishing a point in 30 feet of water with a spinning rod yeah you know what i'm saying yeah totally. and you know what not, then it then you can't help but try to go duplicate what he's doing somewhere else or whatever it may be, yeah. you know, and that's the problem with it. Like it changes your entire decision-making process when you, you're visually seeing it and hearing it go down. Like it, we always see a guy catch a bass here and there, but we don't know he's caught 40 before that. You know right. what I'm saying? So sure. it, it's just, it's entirely, entirely different type of, of, of mental game. I think it disrupts the natural uh, flow of tournament fishing. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I also think like, you know, they, when they started MLF and they bought, they basically bought everyone. I think of it, you know, it's kind of like golf, right? And then the new tour, they just picked up everybody. But now I look at it and I say, okay, if I've got the choice between the two, is it every one of the, every one of you on tour or for as long as you've been competitive fishing, you always dreamed about the Bassmaster Classic. And and given the choice between like the opportunity to 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 fish the Bassmaster Classic versus Redcrest, I feel like I feel like you're gonna see some I feel like it becomes an easier decision to pick one over the other, unless it comes down to money. Yeah, and a lot of it does. I mean, you know, sponsors, uh that's first and foremost, you know, there's obviously, you know, it's, it's like the, the golf tours, the LIV deal and stuff, yeah, you know, yeah. there's sponsors that support individuals that want them in specific places for specific reasons. So sometimes that dictates uh, an English decision. I'm sure, um, you know, I, it's the Bassmaster classic steel. It, obviously yeah. it has the value. It's been around our entire life. It is the biggest event in our sport. Um, it does garner the most attention, the most eyeballs, the most traffic at the show. Um, and it was a dream of mine as a kid to fish the classic. I just happened to come up through the FLW tour ranks and I was sure. um, 
you know, I was making a living over there and, and, and had some, had some good sponsor support. And I never really considered, did I want to fish a classic when I was over there? Absolutely. But I never considered trying to qualify for the elites because of how tough that gauntlet was. And now you see what it is now. And it's, it's insanely tough. Now I think what they've, how they've revamped the, the, the qualifiers this year is a little bit, um, it works a little bit more to a career anglers advantage. Uh-huh. Um, so, um, I like that, but back then it was like 225 boat fields and the opens and you're trying to get a top three spot, you know, and that's, you know, you could be a great angler and finish seventh every year in the points and never make the elites, you know, and I've seen guys do that, unfortunately. So, um, there's a lot of great anglers in the Bassmaster opens that may never see a day in the elites. And, and that's, that, that's tough. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's also really interesting to watch. The, the way that uh, the the approach that FLW used to take versus Bassmaster. It was almost like you went to Bassmaster and you become famous. You went to FLW and it was almost like it was, it was about the brands. It was very, it just, for me, it seemed very different, a different approach. Yeah, it was a, a completely different business model. Yeah. Um, yeah, when they had the relationship with Walmart, you know, it was very corporate sponsor driven and all the team deals back in the day, which, uh, you know, I was part of the Quaker State team there in the, the, the last few years of the, the good old FLW days, I, I should say, because they, you know, that unfortunately no longer exists. Sure. And the first Wood Cup, which was a, a pretty, um, you know, a, a, just an unbelievable event, you know, it for was. years and years, you know, it's, it's gone. And yeah. that's sad. To, that's sad. That's a sad reality that we face uh, now. But, um, you know, it was very corporate sponsor driven. It was, uh, I don't want to say it was political, but it was just, it was money driven. You yeah. know, it was very money. And, uh, but, but the, the positive of that is when the anglers, you know, that, that did get in on those team deals and things like that, that those non-endemic big corporate non-endemics were the ones that were making 200 boat fields with hundred place payouts. We, I fished opens in 08 and 09 Walmart FLW tour opens regular season events. Now that paid 200 to win a hundred thousand dollars for second, yeah. you know, finished fifth and one got $35,000 for fifth place, you know, and, yeah. and it's the, the, the toughest thing and the most challenging thing with our industry now is, you know, I was, I've been fishing 14 years full time. When I started 14 years ago, I was fishing for a hundred thousand dollar first place prize. 14 years later, I'm still fishing for a hundred thousand dollar first place prize. Yeah. You know, that's a problem yeah. in my eyes. Yeah. And, and it's all on the come too, right? Because you got to pay, right? You got to pay, you got to pay to play. And, and, and the, the, the number of people in the money, like it's not a, I, I talk about it all the time. Like if, if, let's pick a lot of professional sports that I'd love to be an athlete in. This is not one of them. This is, <laughs> this is a, this is a tough, especially like I think about the young kids that are like newly married and stuff. And I'm like, Oh my God, this has got to be so such a string. You got to have a really tight relationship because uh, this is not for the, uh, for the faint at heart. So, Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we got a caller on the line. He's been waiting 12 minutes. Uh, what do you say we uh, see what he's up to? Go ahead, caller. Hey, what's up, Rick? It's Ralph Boyd. Ralph, how are you, sir? 
Or should I, should I, How are should you? I call you Master Sergeant? <laughs> Is that how I should start referring to you? No, I hate it because everyone's doing it. And I'm like, I'm the same person I was yesterday. Listen, it's just a sign <laughs> of respect. And, and we thank you for your service. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's just, it's just weird when you hang around people and you've been friends with people so long and you get promoted and all of a sudden... Some people get big headed and oh, and respect me. I'm in charge now, and I'm the polar opposite. <laughs> well, listen, if I had a really cool title like that, I'd be like, I'd have my own T-shirts, and I'd be like, yeah, gen- I'd have business. Oh, I do. Have a, I'd be like I General Rick. On the boat. I'd love it. I'd love it. <laughs> oh my! <God. laughs> That's hilarious. So, uh, um, do you have some questions for uh, Mr. Airy? Yes, hello, Mr. Harry. I think I, I think I met you briefly at the classic last year too. I met so many people; it's insane. But can't wait for this one this year. Yeah, he um, remembers every single one. Guy after a lot. This is the. <laughs> no, this will be year two. I'm excited. I'm actually going to one down in Knoxville uh, on Saturday. I think I'm gonna end up seeing some of the guys down there. But the East Tennessee um, show. That's a lot of my tournament. Is what? The East Tennessee show. You headed to it. Yeah, yeah, I'm heading down there on Saturday for that one, yeah. Because uh, I'm stationed up at Fort Knox in uh, just south of Louisville, so about a three, four-hour drive, so I'm going to go down Saturday and spend the night, and then I'm going to come back Sunday to work. Nice. Yeah, so <laughs> should be fun. Uh, she kind of answered a lot of my questions about the tournament stuff. Cause I want to try and get into some local tournaments this summer because – like Rick alluded to, as a result of my promotion, I move into uh, Rick's area, and we're going to be neighbors here soon, uh, to Southern California later on this fall. But this summer, I want to take advantage of being here in Kentucky and Tennessee and fish a lot of local tournaments. So I guess uh, uh, I guess it would be two questions I'd ask. One would be just like starting off in like local-based tournament. You know, a newcomer coming in, like what would be your suggestion or, or tips just with the – kind of some of the stuff you said before with the politics of it and even just now just fun fishing i've come across guys that are like super protective and you know taking up the ramp when they're launching and hiding spots and all that stuff so how would you recommend getting past that uh type of scenarios well uh are you talking about a team tournament that you'll be fishing with a buddy or uh, so I, I mean, I have a boat, so I'll probably fish some solo, but I have a, a bunch of friends around here that probably would want to fish. Just all depends on our schedules and stuff. Half person, military, half civilian. So trying to put okay. positive and negative together. <laughs> it doesn't work all the time with our schedules, but at least solo, if not with someone else. Um, but, you know, just like walking yeah. into it, like, you know, hey, how you doing? Trying to meet, meet people and introduce. I mean, being in the military, we're naturally social, but. Some people are just really clammed up and don't like the outsiders. So it's something I've heard a lot of people talk about in, in con- conversations around here. So it's kind of what kept me a little bit from doing it last year. Yeah. You know, I, I have a, a very small circle on tour and, and I'm kind of buddies with everybody. We kind of know, know each other, but everybody knows each other, uh, especially if they've been around for several years like myself. But um, for the most part, just finding you a, a small circle of people of guys, gals that you can really trust um and and you know 
do your own thing, you know, just, just doing your own thing and, and learning through experience as opposed to what other people tell you, because the worst thing you in is doc talk. Um, you know, and you're going to hear a lot of that. You're going to hear a lot of the, the BS around the docs and between the night before the tournaments and things like that. If, if it's not something yeah. you've seen experienced and learned yourself, um, you know, take all that with a grain of salt, but, um, find you one or two good close friends that you can rely on and trust when it comes to trading information or talking about, you know, the current conditions or what you caught them on in practice or whatever it is and, and stay tight with those guys. And, right. uh, that'll be a lot more beneficial than, uh, you know, like you said, there's going to be a lot of people that, that they just don't want to talk because that's just how they are. But, um, you know, be as social as you can and still open up and who won't. And, you know, I'm sure you're a good judge of character being in the military. And I, I think that, I think that, uh, um, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll figure it out, but you'll find a few, really really tight friends that that you can uh um you know fishing some of the the, the fellowships of fishing throughout the years of my career has been some of the most memorable of my life and and that's uh that's something i wouldn't trade for the world but there are some guys out there that you do want to steer away from but you'll you'll learn real quick which ones <laughs> which ones should we go through the list right now uh, i'm really really long <laughs> Uh, I, I, I mean, there's kind of a mutual understanding where there's guys that you talk to and there's guys that you aren't when it comes to talking about fishing, right? But the, pretty much everybody gets along off the water. You know, like we, we could all go to a bar and hang out and have a beer and everybody would have a good time. Uh, when you start talking about the current tournament that's underway, then you're going to you're gonna hear a lot of crap. <laughs> sure. Or you're not going to hear that, That's what you're going to learn to do. Is there, okay. is there, is there, is there, uh, who's the funniest guy on tour? The funniest? Yeah. Uh, gosh. Uh, man, I, I don't, I don't know if I'd call him funny as, as much as I would just a risk taker. And that would be Robertson. Oh. Matthew Robertson. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Was fishing in his underwear on live this year, you know. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I don't know funny or just... yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, remember I saw him down at uh, uh, Chickamauga. I drove down there for that uh, tournament too, and it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, he, he's he, he's a um, you know. He's a, he's a unique character. He's a really, really good fisherman. And I haven't, I've had a few conversations with Matt. Seems like a really down to earth guy and a great guy, uh, a really good dude. Uh, but as far as like funny one liners, comedian can, has never met a stranger. I'd say swindle. I mean, it's hard not to say swindle. Yeah. He's got some, he's got some, oh, he has some one liners of the classic on stage. That was hilarious. <laughs> his stage presence is is really unmatched i mean it's almost like a mini comedy show every time he gets up there and and you know that's the fans love oh. him and he he is the king of one-liners for sure yeah he could be on like the, nascar plus yeah he could be on he could be on stage at the wwe monday night raw <laughs> oh my god <laughs> um and then i guess my second question connecting with that is especially now as I get ready to move to California soon when you get to a new lake just like in general I guess for the good of anyone 
what are like your steps for breaking down a new lake? And everyone has their own method and, and how they do it. Yeah, with without being too cliche and talking about map study, and you know, I use a lot of Google Earth online to to look at the lake. Uh, of course, everybody does a lot of that nowadays. I mean, we've got more technology at our fingertips on our phones and our computers than we ever have, right? So. Uh, but one thing I like to do is I like to put my boat in if, if, if I have the time to do it. And I like to ride the entire lake. Now, that might not be realistic if you're on Lake Erie or Lake Okeechobee. That's four or 500,000 acres or whatever it is. But if you're on a lake that's 20, 30,000 acres, even 40,000 acres, take a day just to ride the whole lake and see what it really has to offer from water clarities to temperature changes to possibly discharge areas to how many creek arms feed it. Um, and kind of how it sets up from, from man-made cover to natural cover to grass to whatever it may be, timber, deep timber. Um, I want to know all that kind of heading into a new lake, a new body of water. So when I do stumble across something, I kind of know which sections of the lake have a lot more of that to offer. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Uh, that's, that's one question I always like to ask any pro. I think I probably asked it a thousand times in the class. I just like trying to figure out, you know, I usually get out there and just like, well, let me just throw random stuff. I usually like start with like a crankbait and I do, I do either that or chatterbait gives like my exploratory date. Yeah, once once I get my practice underway and I've seen kind of what I want to see visually and through map study, I do start as long as the conditions and the stage that the fish are in uh, dictate, which nine times out of ten they do. There might be somewhere. Um, you know, you don't need 20 bites in practice to have a successful practice. You need two or three. You need some ideas and you need to try to figure out what stage the fish are in and where they're headed next. You need to stay one step ahead of them. So search baits are definitely on my deck during practice a lot more often than not. Um, then I'll kind of have a lot more cleanup baits, so to speak, like, you know, soft plastics, jigs, things like that, slow moving stuff uh, to set up for the tournament to where I can really maximize those areas and catch everything it has to offer as opposed to one or two aggressive bass. Okay. That makes sense, then. Alrighty. Always love to download all this knowledge. <laughs> um, I guess that would probably be it, now. Let some other people jump on here. I don't want to take up too much time. Everyone's sure other people are waiting. So, so I, I actually have a question for you before you go, Ralph. Oh, what's up? So what What comes next? What's after Master, Master, Master Sergeant? Uh, the next rank beyond that, well, so for Master Sergeant, it's, it's, it's the pay grade is enlisted rank and then number eight. And there's actually two ranks in that pay grade. So basically two different ranks, but the same pay. So the reason I'm going to California is to add to the rank I currently have. And it goes from Master Sergeant to First Sergeant, which means I'll be the number two person in my unit that I'm going to in California. And then, um, and then after that, then after that, it goes up to Sergeant Major. That's the top of the tier for enlisted rank, right there. Yeah. So uh, here's my only recommendation: as a civilian living in uh, in California, uh, I would keep your <laughs> residency or work finagle something uh, so that uh, the taxes. Actually, how does that work? Do you pay? Are you going to have to pay taxes just like me in California? Or you get some sweet government. No, no. Up. So I, my entire military career, I have maintained my Illinois state residency because my mom is still there. 
Um, and so as being active duty military, I am exempt from my state's income taxes, but I keep my residencies there, my driver's license and my state ID. Good work. Good work. But the only thing I have to fight is my vehicle registration, which is right now in Kentucky, which is also tax free for military station here. So I don't have to pay that. Um, but if anything, I might have to make a drive back home to, to register in Illinois just to avoid that, which is what I usually do. Got it. It's actually kind of cool being here. The nearest place to go renew my license and registration is in Metropolis, Illinois. And if you think back to our old days, uh, Superman, nope. that's where the giant Superman statue is, is in Metropolis, Illinois, in the town square. And with that, I thank you for calling in, Ralph. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Have a good night. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. I didn't have the heart to tell Ralph that he's moving to a state. Get this. I called Blue Cross today because I filed claims for my son. Did you know that in the state of California, they passed a law that says that anyone above the age of 12 must give consent to their parent to release their medical records. So Blue Cross won't even talk to me about my son's Claims that I filed with insurance. I, if I want to get, let's say my son needed um, a therapist. They won't talk to me without my son giving me permission to, 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 to find a practitioner because they passed the law. I was like, wait a minute. My son doesn't log into my, to my Blue Cross. Like he's never going to log into, like, sorry, it's the law. And I'm Someone like, wow, some, some, these are the laws we're making. Wow. And anyway, I, I digress. Now I got to go create like fake profile to sign up my, so I can get my kids stuff. Cause he's going to be like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. It's so dumb. All right. We're going to DC here. Don't know who it is. I don't recognize the phone number. Let's do it. Every time. Go ahead. You call say it every time, Rick. Who is this? You say it every time, Rick. It's only two calls. It's Washington. It's Washington, North Carolina, and this is BC. Damn it. You're right. I did it again. I don't know. I see that. What's up, bro? How are you? (laughs) Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Another great week. Good to hear. Good to hear. Do you have some questions for Mr. Listen, man, I'm not at the tournament level uh, in my... uh, career as a bass fisherman right now but it's nice to hear all that stuff you guys are talking about and you know learn some new things i'm always a sponge for knowledge like i've said before so it's nice to hear you and i appreciate you coming on matt and i appreciate everything you're talking about you know i'm just calling in to say hey and do my weekly thing and i got my box today my january box i'm excited about that I did open it up to get the golden ticket out, but I do need to do an unboxing video on my YouTube channel, so I'm not looking. I did see a little bit of it, but I don't want to look yet until the unboxing because I want like a natural review, you know? Oh, so you can't even tell us what your favorite (laughs) Lunker Hunt bait was in the box? Listen, I I can't. I mean, I... That's okay. That's okay. I got it. Got to be natural. Listen, if you go check out my YouTube videos, I've uh, tagged you guys in a couple of them. But 
I did kind of like a promo thing just because I was so excited about the last boss and last week's live and everything. So just kind of did like a give you guys some love type of video. But right. um, I just wanted to call in to say, hey, I ain't going to waste too much of your time. You know, I want some other guys to get up here. But Well, um, let, let, let's do this then. You're still out there fishing. Right. So why don't you, you got, oh, yeah. you, you got an opportunity to ask Matt any question about any bait in your box and how you could be, you know, maybe be more effective when you're throwing it. Why don't you pick one and ask him? Mm. It's, mm. it's like asking Jordan how to dunk. Okay. <laughs> well, out of the box that I just got right now. Is any, bait, any bait in the world. Any bait in the world. Oh, boy. All right. Well, I I am a uh, I'm a big topwater fan. So I've uh, recently mastered walking the dog, and I'm doing really well with that now. And I just uh, I like waffle floppers, things like that. I bought probably every spook there is. I got uh, just boxes and boxes. But um, any kind of really topwater advice. You know, frogging that that would be some, that would be cool. Um, besides just walking the dog, I mean, how you really is the morning time the best time always just to go in the morning or right before dark? I know that's not always true, but it's like I don't know. Maybe some frog advice. We'll let you freestyle it. I'll give you one good tip on top water fishing in general. So that's a a big misconception. Some of the biggest fish I've ever caught in tournaments were mid de- middle of the day. I mean, hot sun, you know, Ooh, 80 degree uh, August, and I've caught them dead middle of the day. I've caught, caught them on a buzz bait, caught them on a walking bait, caught some really big ones on a frog that time of day. Um, you know, frog fishing around grass mats, things like that's a little bit different. But um, overall, what happens throughout the day is those fish are a little bit more predictable in where they may be on, for top water. In the morning, you're covering water and, you know, maybe fishing down a big stretch of riprap or whatever it may be. But what happens is the sun gets up, um, you know, you, you create shade pockets, shade lines. Uh, fish will gravitate to overhangs, things like that, wherever they can use that shade as an ambush point. So as the day progresses, target those areas as opposed to just covering a bunch of water with it. Um, you can be a lot more efficient uh, with your uh, with your approach, and you won't have to just sit there and just cover water like you do first thing in the morning when you may get a bite potentially anywhere on a topwater bait. For sure, for sure. Cool, cool. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you, and I appreciate you, Rick. I appreciate everything you guys are doing, man. This monster back thing is really um, – I told you before, I'm really into it, and I'm just, I'm really, I don't know, something about it got me going. I'm excited about it. That's my goal. I want to make it, I want everyone to experience bass fishing. Yes, sir. You got me. I done switched over all my tackle boxes to all the monster box, the 3700, because they're just, they're the best. I mean, they're waterproof. It's like. I, go watch the video I put on my YouTube, man. Bassin with BC. That's B A S S I N W I T B C. And I'm on YouTube and I'm just loving on Monster Bass and just everything y'all got going on because I am a subscriber at other places 
and I do go around and like I say in my videos, like, hey, if anyone wants to sponsor me, sure, I'll be loyal to your one company. But for, for now, I'm going to go around and I'm going to try everybody and I'm going to check everything out. And I mean, uh, it's looking like Monster Bass just keeps coming back up. You know what I'm saying? So I'm really, I just check my order list, man. I I just keep ordering, order, order. I can't stop. I'm, I'm just on it. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate your loyalty. I appreciate, you know, uh, your support. Um, we try to do the best that we can. I think we back that up with really good customer service. You know, the goal that we have is to solve your problem the way I'd expect my own problem solved. We're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes, but we're going to try and make it right. And, um, in terms of those 3,700s, there's 3,700 deeps and 3,600s that should be here in a couple weeks. So those will be you'll like nice, those yeah, nice. so anyway listen man i appreciate you calling in and uh we'll talk again soon yes sir y'all have a great week all right thank you matt yes sir thank you all right matt we got a we got a question for you cold water are you throwing the finesse craw the finesse craw yep or are you throwing the lipless it's super cold water. Well, yeah. so that's a lot for me because I'm thinking about the lake and is it is it is it grass dominated? I'm throwing the New England. It's a new. It's in New England, so it's up new north. England. Yeah. Oh, then probably not a grass dominated lake. Probably, no. you know, got smallmouth running around everywhere. I'm gonna put that finesse crawl on a small jig head, Ned rig style head or something like that, and fish it on um, hardcover like rocks, rock veins, natural rock things like that, uh, and fish it slow. There you go. That was a question from Charles Waltos. Let's see. Do we have any other questions before he jumped this? I was just about to say he didn't do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's go to uh, te- – oh, my goodness. Let's go to Texas. Go ahead, Chauncey. Hey, Rick. Hey, Matt. Hey, guys. Couple of questions for you guys. Doing pretty good. Uh, Rick, I'll start with you. Hey, when's that? When's the new plastics coming out? What what date you got? I I don't know that I can give you the date because I could say sixty to ninety days. Because again, we're putting okay. something out in, into the market that doesn't actually exist. And so we got to do some protection around that just to make sure we don't like, you know, obviously it's going to get ripped off right away, but it's, there's just a few things that have to be done before we can go before those can come out. Okay. Sounds good. All right, Matt, I I got a question for you. Um, On your spare time, do you ever kayak fish? I would be lying if I said yes because I've fished out of a kayak in my entire life. I have wade fished some some growing up. I used to wade fish some rivers, just shorts and old pair of tennis shoes, but I have never kayak fished before. A lot of pros do, though. Yeah, I noticed that a lot of pros are, are, are starting to go to the kayak. Uh, do you feel like you might give it a shot or are you uh, you going to stick with the boat? Well. I'll be honest with you, with my schedule now and the uh, 
between tournaments and promotional events and sponsor stuff, um, you know, I've got two little girls at home. I've got quite a few other hobbies. I'm big into turkey hunting, deer hunting, things like that. Uh, when I'm not on tour or not, you know, working for sponsors or, or whatnot, I'm usually doing, you know, spending, you know, time with the family or, or hunting locally around the house, things like that. So I'm scared to death that if I jumped in a kayak, I might actually add something else to the list and I better not do that at this point. Yeah. I might <laughs> <laughs> happy wife gotcha. happy life yeah the wife might get after you yeah the the wife may get after you yeah all right for the uh the other uh question i got for you last question um i know toyota is a big sponsor of, of bass and mlf um is there some features that you wish that toyota had in their trailering when you're trailering the boat uh, that the other brands like Chevy, Ford may have that you wish Toyota had? You know, I, I'd be, I have not. So I've had Toyota since I was 16 years old and I'm 41 now. So I've really never towed a boat with anything but Toyotas. But the new 22s, you know, some of the towing features that they have, if you haven't been in one, um, you know, without sounding like a salesman, you, you owe it to yourself swing by your local Toyota dealer and take a test drive. One, they've got a 14 inch LCD screen. Um, they've got different tow modes on there. They've got, I mean, every, every feature that I need to tow my boat all over the country, I, I currently have in my new 22 Tundra. So, um, I don't know. I'm not just, I'm honestly not familiar with any specific features and maybe you can enlighten me that a Chevy or a Ford has uh to benefit towing um that we don't have or that toyota does not have uh i know just one of the features that i mean i would love to have in the, one of the new chevys i got a, a 2018 chevy but one of the new features that they got is uh it assists you with backing up and actually telling you when to stop when you need to and the hookup yeah. and stuff like that, and the 360 camera around the whole truck itself. Yep. So I do have a 360 camera uh, that sees all the way around the aerial views, and which is crazy to me. It blows my mind how they can do that. It's but crazy. Then I've, I've got backup assist, and you know, one thing about the newest, the, the newer vehicles too, it's the safety features on these things are endless, right? Like, I mean, I'm sure 10 years, you know, they're they're going to be driving themselves, but uh, the lane assist, the lane assist mode. Um, some different things that the, the new Tundras have. Um, very, very, very safe. But the backup assist is definitely something that we have, of course, along with the backup camera, which they've had for years in a lot of different vehicles. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that was, that was it. I just wanted to get your take on, on trailering and stuff of a Toyota. Sure. All right. Well, Chauncey. So, yeah, it was good talking to you, Matt. And uh, thanks, Rick. Yeah, no problem. Hey, I put a package in the mail for you today, just so you know. Oh, I appreciate it. Thanks. And uh, uh, good talking to you guys. All right. Oh, go ahead, Rick. No, no, I can follow up with you. <clears throat> okay. All right, man. It was good talking to you, Matt. And see you, Rick. Right. Bye bye. Bye. All right. We're going to close those phone lines. Got three more callers. How you doing on time? You got time for three more calls? Yeah, yeah, right. I'm good. All right, I want to get you back to the girls. Hold on. Oh, no, no. Oh, whoever that was that I just terminated. Oh, there it is. I can call him back. 
<laughs> I hit the wrong button and just hung up on some guy that had been waiting for like 15 minutes. Where is he? It's calling him right now. God. And he's never called the show before. Oh, no. Hello? Hey. Hey, sorry, sorry about that. I hung up on you by mistake. No, it's all good. I heard you. Uh, I'm watching live. There's a little bit of a delay. I'm like, huh? They cut out there for a second, and I heard you say, "Oh no!" And my phone started ringing. So yeah. it's all good. All right. So how you uh, doing? So just what I'm doing great. So uh, name's Joseph uh, from South Jersey, just outside of Philadelphia. Just wanted to start off by saying I'm just I'm brand new to the Monster Bass family, and I, I love this community. I love the idea of bringing the pros on to get the chance to ask them. So you know, thank you for building this and for having a bunch of great guys in the chat to talk to and get some pointers from. Thank you. And then uh, Matt, I don't want to take too much of your time. I'm a family man myself, so uh, just a quick question for you. So I have a trip planned this March up to uh, the Finger Lakes area in New York, and I'm a South Jersey guy, so I'm feeling like I'm wandering into a brand new environment. Uh, late winter, early spring, what are you throwing in the New York area if you have any input for it? What lake? You know, I... uh, specifically Lake Cuca. Cuca. Uh, as in Cayuga? No, Cayuga. K E U. Wait, Cayuga yeah, with a C? K E U K A, yeah. Yeah, yeah. K-E-U-K-A? No, Cuca with a, with a K. Yeah. K E U K A, yeah. It's the Finger Lakes. Little yeah. town called Prattsburg sits right between them. Got you. Okay. Uh, I I haven't fished those lakes, but I would say um, I'm assuming that lake's probably full of smallmouth and largemouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, that time of year, especially if you catch it pre-spawn up north, the smallmouth are just can be the smallmouth fishing up north pre-spawn can be unbelievable. You know, I we we never typically go there on tour until uh, spawn post-spawn events later in the summer because that's kind of the way we work from south to north based on sure. weather. Um, but I would, I would, you know, I'd be prepared for a, just a fast and furious smallmouth bite. They should be really feeding up before they get ready to spawn. Um, a lot of moving baits, you know, I've caught giant smallmouth up north cranking. Uh, a jerk bait would be in my box a hundred percent. Um, and then of course, you know, uh, I'd have some type of jig on the deck too. If, if the large mouth are up and chewing, um, they should be biting a crank bait. Uh, if you're yeah, the yeah, the, yeah, the, the large mouth. Yeah. From what I understand, the large mouth, uh, spawn starts, uh, starts in like late March. So they close the largemouth season March 15th. I'm planning on getting up there and getting my lures in the water those last couple of days before they close the season up there. So, Okay. Yeah. So that, I, I you know, if there, if it's gra- a lot of grass in that lake, probably. Um, I know a lot of, some of those lakes have a, yeah. a substantial amount, but a bladed jig would definitely be on my deck. Mm-hmm. All right. Appreciate the advice, guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate your support. Appreciate you calling in, man. Thanks for, uh, welcome to Monster Bass. Take care. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. I love that. We got a, oh, Indiana, Pennsylvania. I got to guess it. Who is this? I have no idea. Let's, let's hit the right button and not hang up on him. Go ahead. Hey, Rick, how's it going? Matt, how's it going? It's Chef Tony. Chef Tony, what's going on? Nothing. What are you guys up to? Obviously, other than the live. Oh, that's it. <laughs> I've been... Oh, 
pretty much all the questions I had you guys answered. So, um, what's for dinner tonight? Chicken salad for me. Chicken salad. I'm uh, now, like a chicken on salad, or like a chicken salad with like mayonnaise and stuff like that. No, like homemade chicken salad on a sandwich. There you go. Nothing wrong with that. I like that. What about you, Chef Tony? Oh, nothing too crazy. Just a pan-seared pork chop with a cream sauce and some rice. Ugh, you oh. know, if I could, if I could, uh, yeah, good for you. It sounds lovely. <laughs> sounds lovely. It was all right. What about you, Rick? What's for dinner? Going out for dinner. I have a friend in town. Uh, he's a big steak guy. So I'm going to take him to, uh, not to a steakhouse because I like steak, but I don't feel, I don't always feel great afterwards. And I'd much rather eat I'd much rather eat like a really solid pork chop or I might like some scallops tonight. We'll see. I don't know. The menu changes at this place all the time. I just know we're gonna go spend a lot of money and drink a lot of red wine and uh <laughs> hopefully he won't Nothing wrong with that. Hopefully he'll he won't embarrass me too much. There you go. Oh, I thought that was him walking in right now. I was like, Oh crap. <laughs> no, I oh crap. <laughs> oh, uh. So, no fishing questions? You have right, no well, fishing questions. You called in. You got this guy on the phone, and you're going to ask. No, everything that I had on mine was pretty much it. Someone else asked and answered, so. All right, well, there you go. I just had to come up with something. That's what I guess. That's what everybody ate for dinner, so. All right. Well, there you go. Well, I'll let you guys go. I know you got things to do, but thanks, Rick. Thanks right. for uh, being on the live map. I learned a lot from you. Thank you very much. My pleasure. All right. Thank you. That was Chef Tony. Okay. All right. I think we're about to kick things up a little bit. Might need to take a deep breath for this guy. Can everyone give me a collective, uh, you know, breathe, in. breathe out. All right. Here we go. Go ahead, caller. Hello, hello, and hello. <laughs> Here we go, guys. We know we got Matt Airy on the show, and you know he's not wet and soft because he's a boss when he goes to different lakes around the country. And I love his honesty because what he said to me, he said, I'm not good on the lake in Florida, so I won't put him on my bass fantasy list. So officially, I will be putting him on a list that he told me to put them out with a better lake. So officially, we know we got great deals for Monster Bass. They did something cool again today. If you're on Rick's VIP list, woo, you got that VIP text that I got. It was a secret one, Rick. The marketing department sent me a secret text. You ready for it? Uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, as ready as I'm ever going to be. Okay, Rick. This is what they did. They sent me something that says, here is a monster bass, VIP secret text. I was like, what the hell is this? And it said 70% off. I'm like, wait a minute. Does Rick know about 70% off? And it says Strike King and Z-Man and, and different base on the website. 
here's a 70% off code. I'm like, okay, I got to talk to Rick about this. It's 70% off. What is this about? Woo! I don't know what this is about, but here's what I want to, uh, here's what I want to know from you. You still there? I'm here. Okay. I'm here. Okay. I'm going to pretend that that text never went out the door because I don't know anything about a 70% off sale on my website. But here's what I will tell you. Since you're not going to put Matt on your fantasy team for the first stop, is he making your roster for the rest of the season? Well, you get to pick them on the website. Officially, you get to do it one time. And when you put him on the lake, that's why I'm going to ask Matt his best lake I need to put him on. I write it down in my notebook. When he gets to that lake, that's when I go, okay, this is the lake. I'm going to save myself, you know, some time in trouble and try to keep my percentage of my fantasy list up. Tell me the best lake to put you on, and I'll put you in my list. Oh, man. You're asking me? Sorry, I had to get a charger. If you saw me walking around, I had to get a charger for my phone. Um, okay, I'll wait till you get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got it, but I'm uh, I'm trying to think, trying to go through our schedule in my mind. I I tell you, you know, the South Carolina Lakes, um, Lake Murray is a tournament that I'm looking forward to a lot. It's mid-April. Um, I have probably won more money in my career in the month of April than any other month. So I, I mean, I'd, I'd have to say, if I had to pick one, probably, probably Murray. Lake Murray, which is our third stop this year. There you go. Thank you so much. Put it down, guys. If you want to be that best master fantasy list, guys, that's a good way to get the guys to tell you if they're going to be doing good on a lake. That's my little secret technique to keep my percentage up in the high 96% each year. <laughs> wow. All right. You don't have another question? I'll ask the question that you're thinking of. So uh, I got a question for him. Uh, for sure. Oh, go ahead. I go do ahead. got questions because I listen to the master on Okeechobee, and the master I think is Roland Martin. Roland Martin always says, "Throw the damn cinco, no matter what you do. If you're in Florida, throw the damn cinco, wacky rig it, Texas rig it, Carolina it, throw the cinco." And then other guys throw the speed worm. Some people throw the big jigs. Some people throw the BFEs, some big bites. What's the best technique do you recommend for Okeechobee? You know, I tell everyone, like you see Greg Hackney go around those cypress trees. We know his tactic. If I saw guys doing that, man, all I would do was copy them, verbatim. them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you said it. I mean, every year we go to Florida, doesn't matter where we're at in Florida, a five-inch stick bait plays. Mine's a lumper hunt, lumper stick, very similar to the Cinco. Yeah. Uh, I was just talking to Rick earlier in the show. I've got it rigged up three different ways preparing for our Okeechobee swing. So I hate to be – cliche and, and kind of repeat but a five inch stick bait in florida it shines in the worst of conditions and the best of conditions it always gets bites in the in the in the state of florida so i'm gonna have to go with that lunker stick and a black blue flake is my color that's perfect now i'm gonna say again if people are sleeping on the locker hunt website Tell me some of the new baits that they got on that website. Do you have them all on your boat, or you just have just a few? Now, I went through the Locker Hunt site last month. They gave me a discount on a bunch of stuff. They got that Link Cut Water. I picked up a few of those. I picked up that Boshi Blade. Uh, I picked up that, that crankbait 
display. That's something unique. I'm telling you, when you see unique baits and you're in California, our bass here are pressured night and day, and it's always good to throw something at them that they haven't seen, especially if it flashes and see if they bite. I have a feeling a lot of these things I picked up last month is going to work throughout the spring. Now, that Lunker Hunt site, a lot of people are sleeping on it because I think the spider gives them a bad name, and they go, I don't want to throw anything like that spider, but, man, throw that reckless roach. You can't help but love a roach when you, someone sells you a roach and says, throw this roach and you get a bite. I love the thought of throwing a roach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, there's several new baits that I'm excited about. I do have the, the glitch blade, the hybrid crankbait. I do have a gold one tied on for our Florida swing. But, um, you know, some of the USDP, the high series baits, the ultra durable soft plastic baits, the Versa worm and the Versa fish, which I think will be uh, phenomenal drop shot baits. I played with some prototypes this past season when we were up north and um, super durable and uh, really, really, really nice baits on a drop shot rig. And, and there's a lot of different ways to rig them, but they really shine on smallmouth and on the drop shot. That's perfect, man. Rick, I'm telling you, man, it's a good thing. With 20% off, guys, you know you get to save some money. When Rick gives those deals and say, go to Lunker Hunt, save 20%, you're saving money. You get free shipping from the Lunker Hunt site, you know, when you go over 50 bucks now. If you got it, you know, uh, one of their Lunker Hunt cards, cash cards, those are cool things to spend, too. They sent me one, I think, in December. I think at Christmas time, I got one. So it's always good to find those savings, man. When Rick gives those deals and you're on Rick's Monster Bass VIP list, don't be afraid to save yourself some money. It makes the bass addiction buying bait so much fun. Uh, thank you. All right, buddy. Take care. Love you guys. Keep doing what you're doing. It is officially winter time. Slow those baits down and work them slow. Take care, guys. Love you. That was Mr. Gambit. Love you too, Mr. Gambit. All right. Speaking of, speaking of cold water search, uh, what's your go-to cold water search bait? Um. Something that's you know a, a tight, a tight wobbling crankbait, so a crankbait with a tight action dives anywhere from three to eight feet. Uh, you know sometimes they will get very very shallow in the winter, surprisingly shallow. I've caught a lot of big fish in two to four foot of water cranking, um, but actually I've caught a lot in that five to ten foot cranking also. Um, but something with a tight tight wobble, something that's very subtle, but something dives anywhere and that I'll start with something that two to five, and then I'll also have a bait tied on that dives in that five foot five to eight foot range. But right a crankbait on. would be number one search bait for, for cold water. Nice. Yeah, that seems to be a consistent, uh, uh, that seems to be a consistent uh, theme when I ask that same question. Um, all right, we're out. We're, oh, we got our last caller of the night. He's always our last caller. He's called 90 times. <laughs> Let's see here. All right, Brendan. How are we wrapping up this show today? What what, what, what questions you got? Oh, I got uh, just one question. That way we keep it fast. Um, hello, Matt. Um, would you be able to tell us a little about your professional paintball um, job that you had before? <laughs> Are you played paintball professionally? <laughs> well, it wasn't a job as much as it was a hobby now. So I didn't actually, you know, professionally, you have some sort of income typically <laughs> but uh i was i played for i don't know six or seven years through high school and into my early college days and played for a team called the manis factory team um we did not ever reap any of the awards that we won but we did not have to pay for anything so we would fly we played in la we played in um 
uh, Toronto. We played in Chicago, played in Orlando in the what that used to be called the World Cup of Paintball down in Orlando, Florida. And uh, uh, we had sponsors that uh-huh. made our way, provided equipment, but anything we ever won went back into the team. Or I don't know where it went. I never saw any of it. So <laughs> I was just a player on the team. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but it was a lot of fun, man. A lot of met a lot of great people and. And uh, it was it was some times that I'll never forget. But traveled and had the opportunity to travel to a lot of places I've never been. Went to Vegas and played in a tournament in Vegas one year. So um, a lot of fun. Great group of guys, and it's still a thing. I just uh, I, I took a took a turn towards fishing and had to give up something. So I gave up paintball. Fishing fishing does a little pays a little bit better than paintball did. <laughs> we actually have someone in the chat that says he plays for Brimstone Smoke Professional Paintball Team. I didn't so know that was, was a, a thing. There was a smoke when I played actually for Manus, and we played against a brimstone smoke. But I mean, that was twenty years ago. So I, it'd be amazing if it's the same team now. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, even his profile pic is him playing paintball. That's an, that's amazing. He's probably a little younger <laughs> than I am. Wow. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. What age were you doing this from? Oh, from like. 16 to oh, yeah. 20. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. That must have been amazing. Right up. Wow. Yeah, he says it's the same right, team. Well, I'll let you guys go. That's crazy. Small world. Yeah. Uh, Brendan? <laughs> yes, sir. What, uh, what did mom make for dinner tonight? But we had a chicken noodle soup, homemade garlic bread, and also note the vegetables are from our garden that we've stored away, and also the chicken as well. And then we had a white chocolate chip cookies homemade for dessert. So it was a pretty good meal. It's been cold here, as you know. So it's a nice to have something warm to go to whenever you're done working. Totally. But you, you, you do know that your mom's holding out on you, right? White, white, cho- oh, white, white, white chocolate's not really chocolate. I'm just, you know, I, I hate to ruin really it for good. you. Your mom, I'm just saying. Yeah, well, your mom, you know, I don't know. She, she might, she might be slacking a little bit. But don't tell yeah, her I'm I said that. A nice warm, warm chocolate, a nice warm white chocolate chip cookie, I nice hear. and soft on the inside, a little bit crunchy on the outside, mm-hmm. coming straight out of the oven. The smell is amazing. The taste, the texture, everything is just perfect. All right, bro. Know? Bro, it's five thirty here. I, I haven't even eaten yet. Don't do that to me. It's 8.30 here, and I haven't eaten either, and I'm starving now. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, Brendan, we're going to say goodnight right. to you. Well, thank you, guys. Thanks for calling in, bro. All right. All right. You guys have a good one. All right. All right. See Bye. you guys. All right. Well, uh, Matt, as always, I want to thank you for taking time away from the family to be with us. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, and we want to thank you for coming on the show on, you know, on behalf of Lunker Hunt. They're, uh, they're a really great sponsor. We love those guys. And they don't just make great baits. They're really good people. And that's what I love about Lunker Hunt. So uh, thanks a lot for coming. And uh, I wish you the best of luck on tour this year. I hope it's a, I hope it's a great season. And I, hope, uh, I hope next year when you come back that uh, you've got some good stories from Okeechobee and you had some better success this year than you did in previous ones. Lord willing, we may have a... May have a little better Florida swing there. than the last time. 
down there. But, Rick, I appreciate the opportunity as always, man. Good to see you. And, uh, yeah, hope to see you sooner and later. All right. Take care. Thank you. Yep. See you. All right. Bye-bye. He's just a good guy. I, I like him. You know, some guys come on and, you know, you're, you you got to struggle through conversation. I can just tell he's like a good, like, good, like, I'd like him to be my neighbor because he'd be like a good guy that just wouldn't, you know, he's just a good guy. He's a good guy. Anyway, um, all right, I pinned the code for you guys that didn't get it. I don't know why you didn't get it. I don't know who they sent it to. I don't know who's giving away all my stuff. There's a reason why, like, yeah, I don't understand. All right, so next week, guys, uh, I'm going to be on time. Um, I'm going to take measurements next time I decide to order furniture for my house so that we can get it through the door. I actually have to call Restoration Hardware back right now to figure out what we're going to do. <sighs> Man. It's going to be a really good season. Really excited to... Uh, to uh, for the upcoming lives that are coming. I got something in store for you. We're going to put a little more structure around this. I'm working with Rafi and uh, we're going to put some structure behind it so that, you know, we might have a whole show on jigs and, uh, and uh, we'll bring on someone that just knows how to throw jigs. And uh, I think you guys are going to like that a lot. All right. So this month's been great. It's been Lunker Hunt and, uh, Keep in mind, we got a, another box, another month coming up in uh, a few days. And so get excited. It's the uh, Strike King takeover. In this box, um, there's a lot of different versions because of the way that they did it. So there's everything from red-eyed shads to thunder crickets to chick magnets to 2.5s to 5XDs to flat-sided to... Game Hogs, Rage, Ned Cross, um, I don't know. There's a lot. But it's Strike King, so you're going to love it. It's kind of like Lunker Hunt. So, uh, and I just confirmed everything with Z-Man, so they're getting ready to ship. So uh, we will uh, we'll make sure we got three good months in a row. And then uh, be on the lookout for the next survey. I already surveyed you guys once about... Uh, some hard baits. I'm going to send you out the survey on some soft plastics. And then I want, I'm going to survey you on one question survey. What's the one bait that hasn't been in the box that you want in the box? And we'll see what we can do. So with that, I want to say thank. Oh, nope. I got some golden tickets. Actually, I want to say thank you to Jared. He did something right today. He didn't screw up the podcast and he reminded me about the, the three golden tickets. So here they are. 08973, 08602. And 08532. And um, and uh, with that. <laughs> Sweep the leg. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, Rafi's with us in spirit. When he's not cheating, yeah, just for, for the record. If you saw it, you saw my teeth go flying, right? It wasn't teeth, but he clearly didn't hit me with a tortilla. He hit me with his hand. Anyway. All right. Let's get out of here.
I'll see you guys next week. Thank you guys for your support. Freebate Friday. If you don't know what that is, go to the website, sign up, go to the bottom, join the VIP list. Give me your phone number. Tomorrow you're going to get a code for a freebate. It's that easy. Ah, we're not frozen. I'm just kidding. All right. You guys have a great night. I'll talk with you soon. Take care.